Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Theo Walcott, winger, footballing prodigy, and the player most likely to be described by journalists as a speedster in football history. Play for Southampton, Arsenal and Everton. England's youngest ever player won three FA Cups with Arsenal, 47 international caps. Fun fact, his uncle directed four Harry Potter films and Theo is clearly similarly creative as he's a prolific author. He's not only written a series of kids' books, he also wrote his autobiography Growing Up Fast, aged just 22. But what will the book club and special guest comedian Dame Baptiste think of it? Find out in today's A Football Book Club. I was actually quite interested just to hear about Theo's journey to find out if there was maybe a dark horse that was beneath this very stoic aesthetic. But I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad he's got Mel in his life because he is a he is a strange little boy when it comes down to it. Is this the first time Adolf Hitler's been mentioned in a book we've read? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Hey. hey. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where instead of literary classics, each episode we read another footballer's autobiography. Less Andy Weir, more Joe Kinnear. Uh, thank you. Oh, that's hmm. gone down badly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write that. I didn't write it. James Wiley. James Wiley, send that in. So thank you for sending it in. Sorry. I don't think you've ever, you've never backed off one that quickly before. What? Usually you kind of go, what do you think of that, guys? Is that one good? Do you like that one? That one, you immediately were like, no, it's a bad one. It's a bad one. I, I, when we have guests, I feel particularly self-conscious. <laughs> if like, if Dave isn't rolling about on the floor throughout this show, I'm going to be like, oh God, I'm sorry, Dave. We're usually really cool. <laughs> Um, I think I think you're very cool. Don't you don't use me as your barometer for comedy within this sphere. I, I, I liked it. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. That you cool. Everything that doesn't land on a listener, just be like, I, I, that's not my. I didn't write that. I listened. Just James Wiley. I don't. I don't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also take credit for everything that's good of James Wiley's. Anyway, uh, I'm James Berg, and over the weeks we'll be reading such classics as David Platt's Achieving the Goal and Per Mertesacker's Big Friendly German. But today, Le- legitimately a very good book. Sorry, just to just quickly jump in. Have you read it? I, well, I, I my, my friend has read it, and I have read bits from it, and I really like it. <laughs> That's friend, like it's like me, it's, read it. <laughs> it's like an Amazon review where I sort of go, I, I bought it for my friend, uh, three stars. Brilliant book, brilliant book. <laughs> I haven't read a page, but it's, it's incredible. Bizarre. <laughs> um, but today we're reading Theo Walcott's <laughs> Theo Growing Up Fast. And joining me to read it are Jack Bernhardt. 
Hi. He's actually read this one. James Balgen. Hello. <laughs> and please welcome to the show a brilliant comedian who you'll have seen on Live at the Apollo, Mot the Week, 8 Out of 10 Cats, his own shows, Sunny D and Bamus. And you'll have heard him on his podcast, Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. Surprise, surprise, it's Dame Baptiste. Oh, thank you very much for having me, fellas. Woo! Real pleasure. It is thank you. great to have you on. It is great to have you on uh, talking about uh, your specialist subject. Would you say? Yeah. Within the uh, context of this particular episode of the podcast, yes, I would. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is now your special subject. Yeah. Don't, you're going to suddenly like, pivot to Barry Ferguson and you'll be like, oh my God, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not Baza. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a big Arsenal fan, Dane. I am a big Arsenal fan. I think that uh, supporting Arsenal has been a tumultuous affair. I think it's mm. definitely helped me to manage my emotional complex a lot more. Um, I, I wouldn't say that uh, Arsenal put me in therapy, but <laughs> therapy has definitely helped my relationship with Arsenal. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're in a safe space for this. You're joined by a Spurs and yeah. Liverpool fan, so I think you're... And, uh, and Arsenal fans. So and and yeah. another Arsenal fan, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, it's all, we're all very friendly we're, here. We're here my, for you. What, when when did you go in? Wh- like, was there a moment you went into therapy that can trigger from Arsenal? As in, was there a moment from Arsenal that would have sent you into therapy? I do, I do remember it was was when Arsenal lost six two against Man United. Oh, and uh, I remember because I was taking a train back from Edinburgh, uh-huh. and there was a, there was a kid on the train who was watching the game in real time. And every time like Man United scored, he was like running up and down the carriage, being like, <gasps> "We scored again and again." And I was like, I want to boot this kid in the face <laughs> through the train window and spit on his parents. And I was like, it's not okay to feel that way, Dane. You need to get some help. And then That's I think really afterwards, funny. as a sign of like, as a, in, in, a, in a, what I consider to be in, as a uh, matter of urgency, there was some immediate signings made. So I think like Per Mertesacker was signed. Yes, Arteta, um, I think, was well. Yeah, Arteta, who, who, like, Judo Baptista maybe as well. Yeah. This, 20, this, is 20, this is 2012 or so, right? It's the 8-2. I was going to say, yeah, I think there's two yes, more goals. The you might have Dane, Dane was too busy kicking that kid to remember yeah, those I've last repressed, yeah. I've repressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I, I think I've, I've repressed and uh, I, think I think even to I think this day, Theo's, I'm still in. Okay. Theo well, scored that day, didn't he? I, I have a memory of Theo scoring and then picking up the ball and going like, come on, come on, we can save this. And it was like 6-1. <laughs> You're like, Theo, just, just give it up, mate. It's fine. I, I I feel kind of doubly bad now that we've kind of just rubbing everything in by making you relive all of this by reading 360 pages or whatever it is of this. Of this uh, no, it, no it's, it's important. It was important to to be able to reflect on the the, uh, the progress that I've made since then. That's, that's good. So, <laughs> healing process. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was needed, and uh, no, it's definitely I'm definitely still an Arsenal fan. I'm I'm very uh, very enthusiastic about where the team is at the moment. But yeah, it's uh, a. <laughs> It's been up and down. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I feel it's like, been up and down. I feel like this could turn into a therapy session a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely could. Yeah. In this book, where I was like, "Oh no, I don't have to remember this." There was a bit that he mentioned, which I, a game I was at, which was when Arsenal were. It was sort of during the "We're not going to win the title, but we're there or thereabouts." like yeah. years, and it was when Arsenal took the lead in the ninety-fifth minute against Liverpool. 
and then conceded in the 90, like it must've been the 99th or 111th minute because of extra time. And because I think someone had gotten injured and I was at that match. And I remember thinking like, that is my version of purgatory. That is like mm-hmm. the hell yeah. of sitting around waiting for Liverpool to take that penalty that they will inevitably score. Oh, was like, it went on forever. And it was like, Oh, what are we doing here? What is so happening? It's a so stressful. I think there's also losing out on the Carling cup to, <gasps> Oh God. Oh yeah, I have memories of that. Was that it, was, was, it was Birmingham. It was Femi Martins. I was in Northern Ireland with my um, with my like parents-in-law, and usually with football, I'm like, it's okay. What can you do? But I was just sort of like on the floor, being like. I, I need a moment. I really need a moment. I just can't. I can't take this. Sorry. This is, the, no, this is like a joint I'm, therapy session. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm savoring this. I'm savoring all this. Uh, Arsenal. Listen, this Arsenal, is great. As, as, as Arsenal fans, this is the things we've had to internalize for a very long time. I think it was mm. also, did, I think it was, was it? I want to say maybe FA Cup or might have been Carling Cup again when Arsenal lost. To, I think we lost to Birmingham and Titus Bramble scored. Oh, Wigan. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm cool with Titus Bramble now, but at the time, I was like, of all the people to score, like, yeah, there was just this period where it was like everybody just kept finding their mojo against Arsenal, mm. like everyone yeah. just had a, had like had like a point to prove, and uh, yeah, you know, Bentley I, Bentley comes up quite a few times oh, in the book. Bentley, <laughs> I, yeah, I love that guy. Uh, yeah, I, obviously, no. I, obviously, I can't I can't relate uh, to any of this guys because obviously there's nothing depressing ever about being a Spurs fan ever. <laughs> Nothing but joy with Spurs. Um, anyway, great choice with this book because um, obviously Theo's just retired. So this is about as close to topical as we've ever been. This show, like, we exclusively read books that are like 25 years old. So for once, this is, this is uh, good timing. Good timing, Dane. And the book itself came out in 2011 when uh, he was very much playing for Arsenal at the time, Wilcott. Uh, probably at his prime around that age yeah, uh, in, so, injured, yeah. injured a lot but probably at his prime uh, he talks about his meteoric rise setting all kinds of records uh, like when he got picked for England when he was like 10 or whatever he was mm-hmm. and he's, he's probably set another record here I think because he's I'm pretty sure he's the youngest player's book uh, we've read so is, is, is in the, at the time mm. he wrote it I think mm. it's the youngest book we've ever done we did Depay's book and he was about 26 I think Maybe younger. Well, te- technically, we did Michael Owen's book just after the World oh, Cup. Oh, good point. Um, yeah, all right. No, well, to, yeah. No, I'll scrap that. <laughs> so, <laughs> on record, Theo hasn't got. Um, but anyway, let's find out what everyone thinks of the book as we read Theo Walcott's Growing Up Fast. So, over the show, we're going to be getting to know Theo and our new friend Dane. Uh, there's a quiz and a dramatic reading. But first, let's see... What Amazon's saying, the book has 4.3 stars from 58 ratings, including, wow. eh, not bad, uh, including not bad. a three-star review from Richard Depensia, what a name, uh, <laughs> a, a well-spoken man talks slowly about his fast-paced career. That's <laughs> 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 a great description. That is exactly what a person called Richard Depensia would write about <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Richard Depensia was someone who like um, deposed the Edward II in the 13th century or the 12th, 14th century. So and he was a huge fan of Theo Walcott. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's been yeah. keeping up to date with things. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, not as verbose as he used to be, to be fair. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just got to use your, 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 your language uh, economically. So exactly. I totally get where it's coming from. Exactly. Um, also, uh, there was another one from Matt who gave it one star. 
which said, uh, bought this for my brother for his birthday. He is a football fan and went to secondary school with Theo. So I thought I'd be interested. But since then, I haven't heard anything about this. So assumed it's not worth it. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I like also that he's waiting for his brother to bring it up. Yeah. Like he's not like how's the book? He's been, yeah. If it's a really good book, he'll be like, I must tell you about Theo Walcott's yeah. book growing up fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you remember Theo, my friend from school? Well <laughs> I don't come up once in this book. <laughs> yeah. Is that why you bought it just to throw it in my fucking face that my football career didn't pan out like Theo's? Is that why? I never liked you. You know that. <laughs> Um, ruining dad's 50th you're a one-star friend that's what you are (laughs) (laughs) so that's what matt and richard depensia think but what did you all think about it let's start with our guest dane what do you think of the book i think uh as far as footballers go i think that this book is probably a great source of uh inspiration for young and aspiring footballers and young men in general now i say that i think that's the best way to describe a book that is a it's not boring isn't the word I would use <laughs> because I because you could one could argue that the uh, at for a very young age and the focus that it would have been required to be kind of disciplined throughout his career I think that uh, Theo uh, appeared to be a very stable and very focused player throughout his uh, career mm-hmm. and by that token I would say that you know he would be a good inspiration for aspiring players I mean um, he really seems to get uh, in trouble there's very little that alludes to any issues he would have had with like uh, women because he had his uh, had the same partner for the duration of his career, um, mm-hmm. and I think that in most of his interactions, even at the most the most tense, um, he remains very stoic in terms of how he kind of reacts to things. Like I think that Phil Walker has like a few stock replies to adversity, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, even though it's not necessarily at points massively engaging in that respect. It's a very it's a very easy way of seeing how he was able to kind of stay on the straight and narrow and achieve as much as he did in his career, which is, like, as I said, I'm just trying to say, not say he was just boring. I don't think he was. <laughs> I was going to say, for, 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 yeah, for someone who says, like, uh, I don't want to use the word boring, but you have perfectly described a boring book, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I well, the thing is, I'm not sure if it's a boring book. I just think it's maybe that uh, he was so immersed in his career that uh, very expensive paid very little attention to everything else Mm. that being said i think what is very clear in the book is that uh his father is an avatar for his emotions (laughs) i think that uh anything that theo didn't say or he did internalize then his father his his dad definitely represented that for him so um it reminds me of uh, ramsdale's dad you know he's always uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. he's like doing podcasts and slagging off the manager and stuff it's like (laughs) (laughs) he's he's coming on ours next week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got some interesting things he'll say. But you're right; it's sort of like it's like it's like Theo can kind of go like, "Well, I didn't think this, but my dad, my dad was so <laughs> yeah. angry. Like, oh my god, my dad would have wanted to kill Sven Joran Eriksson, but I was very normal and cool." Um, yeah. Do you think his dad exists? I guess he does. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope so. It, I hope so. He's like a really great straw man, and it reminds you of like a Key and Peele sketch where uh, uh, Barack Obama has to remain really stoic and remain very diplomatic, whereas like he's got Luther, he's like anger uh, consultant who's just like <laughs> fuck the republicans <laughs> <laughs> so i think yeah like, but, but I think, yeah exactly but i think that uh theo's reference uh, references to his dad are like uh they're so funny and interesting that like there should be like a subgenre about football biographies which just focus on the dads who live vicariously through their sons uh, and how they push them into football that like, is there's got to be more 
more has to be put into like football dads, I think. Yeah, unless we... it's Jimmy and Penance dad. <laughs> what was that? What was yes. that? His... Oh, well, oh no, because... <laughs> is that because his book was so bad? No, wasn't his dad just a, not a very nice person? Wasn't oh, there gunshots in the kitchen? I think his dad was maybe oh. somewhat, of a, somewhat, somewhat of a criminal, but uh, yeah, and it's the same with uh, Troy Dean as well. But that will also still be more <laughs> a bit more riveting. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll be up for that. I'll still be up for listening to it, that as well. It'd be better than so, Jermaine Pennant's actual book. I think, which I, was... Are we <laughs> workshopping a new podcast right now? Yeah, I like this. Bull dads. Pretty dads. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's like a dance mums like podcast, so there's got oh, to be like a... Yeah, uh, actually, football dads is that already exists. That's like talk sport, really. Yeah, <laughs> very true. But yeah, already, yeah. Very that's true. already a thing. Yeah, angry people who think that my son could do better than that. <laughs> you don't think so? That's why he's a wally. So. Thank you very much, Aaron Ramsdale's dad. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I re- I think it's, it's interesting because I think his dad seems really like uh, like in a lot of ways. Yes, he seems definitely like he's living vicariously through his son. But he also like there's a bit where Theo talks about how his dad just doesn't shout that much or doesn't get that angry because then he sees like someone else's dad just go absolutely mad at uh, his son Billy or just like get furious he's on the sidelines during a match going like pass it to billy why don't you pass it to billy billy get the ball billy get the ball and eventually like the referee has to be like you sir you must go away uh but like the good twist there would be if it's like there is no child called billy here you are not related to any of these people this is a netball game sir get the fuck out of here but no, i think i think um yeah, I, I suppose it's not the most exciting book. I guess the uh, key parts of the plot uh, throughout his life are his uh, initial England debut and then working through, and it kind of works through uh, throughout the next uh, couple of years, working back up to the uh, mm. him wanting to get back into the England squad again. Yes. Um, so I guess in that respect, it was kind of somewhat anticlimactic climactic in terms of his reaction to it. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, think that, but I think that might be just like how, and maybe that's how well the book conveys Theo Walcott's tone because obviously there's a rich uh, tapestry of experience that he has prior to the next World Cup that yes. he wants to get the call up for. Um, yeah, it, yeah, I guess. It, it is yeah. interesting. I mean, it starts off in uh, about, you know, the, the thing that everyone remembers Walcott for kind of maybe unfairly, I guess. I mean, he obviously had a great mm. career, Walcott, but everyone probably immediately thinks of him being called up age 16. Was he 16? 18? I can't remember what it was. It's, it's 16. I think it was 16, 16, 16, yeah. So the 2006 World Cup. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about that World Cup um, because we talk about it every episode. <laughs> Everyone's book. <laughs> Everyone whose book we read seems to have gone to that World Cup. But there were two things that jumped out for me uh, from that beginning. Uh, first of all, I mean, obviously, actually, he writes about it pretty well, Walker. He's quite honest in there. That's yeah. separate to the two things. But he, he, does, he, he actually is pretty honest. He's like... Gerard has criticised him, I think, in his autobiography of being called up. And Walcott's like, yeah, it was fair enough. He should have criticised me a bit. And he's, yeah. he's quite honest about it. But the two things that jumped out were Rooney being a psychopath, which yep. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. he was, like, he's, when he, when he, because he was, that was the World Cup when he had the, was it Metatarsal or something? His foot was damaged in some way. Uh, yeah. And he just kept kicking people to make sure his foot was better. <laughs> and, and, he like, and he walks into training and he says, the big man's back. Apparently that's the first thing he's said. Yeah. Such a weird <laughs> thing. For, for, a, for, a, for a guy who is 20 to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To a room of yeah. the balls to, like, he's got. To, I, I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate it. I, I think it's pretty good. Um, but the, the biggest thing that I, I, we've never had so far in any of the books that have covered uh, 2006 World Cup, uh, the most shocking and fascinating bit of all, uh, it's after they went out of the World Cup 
I know exactly what you're about to say. <laughs> Gradually, people filed out of the dressing room. It was a really long walk back to the coach. I was one of the first on it, and I could see everyone walking back, everyone looking down. Everyone had a pot noodle in his hand. <laughs> 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 Mr. Capello stopped that, of course, but after then, back then, we were always given a pot noodle after the game. What? <laughs> so so no wonder the golden generation were wasted. <laughs> So, okay, that's a, that's the height of scandal for Theo Walcott as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know that's the, him the, the the bombs weren't ready for. Yeah, the true oh. bombs we weren't ready for was that like that we were, had an England team forced to subsist on pot noodle. <laughs> yeah. um, he says it's it so true. casually as well. Like, it, that's the thing. Yeah. It, it said it said so. And also, I think J- James is right in the sense that we've read this scene like we've as as James said, we've read the scene about ten times. I would say over the course of the past three years, because inevitably England going out against Portugal comes up every single time. But this is the first time we've had pot noodles in it. And it sort of feels like, do you know when James Bond, when it's suddenly like, um, oh, I'm going to, like, you've watched like 50 James Bond films. And then in the most recent one, he's like, oh, this is just me draw- driving my Ford Fiesta or my Rolex watch. It feels like someone's kind of like thrown a bit of product placement into that famous scene that yeah. we all know. Wait, James <laughs> well, Bond and Ford know. Fiesta. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit where he drives like a Ford Fiesta, isn't there? It's really weird. In like Casino Royale, he's like, what a great car this is. And it's like a Ford Fiesta. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> No, not, <laughs> which is super weird but it, it, it sort of makes you kind of go like wait pot noodle and then Theo yes. Walcott's like yes that's right pot noodle and then just move on <laughs> never mentioned again he says Capella put a stop to that just even that's funny just Capella coming yeah. in like right first thing on the agenda pot noodles are gone <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I see yeah. one Bombay bad boy I swear yeah no I shouldn't have mushroom anymore <laughs> No chicken mushroom. Like, like obviously, that is definitely the first thing. If you said like, you oh be, yeah, well yeah. obviously, well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, we end our matches with a pot noodle. I'd be like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> Sorry, go back one. Yeah. You it, have the one down. You have a pot noodle. <laughs> exactly. In their defence, though, the uh, instant noodle market was a lot smaller than it is today. True. Mm. Like <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's like pot noodles and like super noodles, and that was pretty much the whole mm. you know particular gamut that you have. Whereas now you have a cornucopia of various different <laughs> options available where you can have from vermicelli to udon noodles so you know Very good point. Exactly. It, tru- mix- yeah. it truly is a golden age for instant noodles <laughs> I think <laughs> even now though McDonald's sponsored yeah. the uh, England national team right what was that? Did well, they? I think McDonald's sponsored mm. the England national team now, so I really hope they're not getting Big Macs after games. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. They're getting a Big Macs in a, in a cup. Half-time <laughs> chili cheese bite. But this is like after, you know, uh, I think Wenger himself, he kind of revolutionised football nutrition, right? This is after yeah. Wenger yes. was in and doing all that. The fact Pizzas this is 2006. Yeah. This seems way too late yeah. for that. Way too late for that, but... Yeah, bizarre. But um, yeah, that, that, that's that's always things. And then, like Dane says, after that point in the book, it's kind of uh, how he reacted to that and mm. uh, how he started to actually make a name for himself because that was uh, you know he's thrust into the limelight yeah. a bit too early at that point. Uh, goes back over his. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't aware of his uh, shoulder and back injury. Oh, I didn't mm. know that well either. Yeah. I, so I think that obviously you know kind of. Well, well, luckily we say he didn't necessarily plague his career, but I think given the fact that it was a dislocated shoulder and how mm. often he continued to play, like I do have to give definitely commend him for that. Mm. Um, it, yeah, you, so you do sort of you, you do kind of want to because obviously that was the period where Arsenal were paying off the Emirates and mm-hmm. so didn't have a lot of squad depth. You do kind of wonder a little bit like Wilshire, where it's like, was he pushed to play a few too many games when he was too young, which mm, meant he couldn't prolong his career later. 
Um, oh, that's a, which that's is a really rare level. Uh, we don't usually do much football insight <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, that's, I'm generally like, like wow, that's, that's pretty smart, actually. But I, I, think, I, think, I think the entire um, pre-VAR period was definitely problematic for Arsenal, who uh, definitely suffered a lot of injuries because he also, he references uh, Eduardo's injury <gasps> as well as, oh, Mar- uh, Ramsey's. Uh, as, well as uh, Ramsey's, yeah, Ramsey's yeah. injury as well. You know, and it's like yeah. teams such as Stoke, since they've left the Premiership, <laughs> don't really look like they're going to return anytime soon nope. with that kind of style because yeah. teams like that they used to kind of be the antithesis of what Arsenal represented in terms of like technicality and stuff like that as well it was just like basically brutes trying to destroy these uh, athletes um, yeah the the, the, the Eduardo thing I think people forget with Ramsey because Ramsey went on to have an amazing career after yeah. that moment. And if anything, it kind of like it sort of spurred him on. Not not to say that it was a good thing, but like it did his recovery from it, I think, contributed to a lot of his like mental fortitude. But Eduardo, yes. I mean Eduardo was yeah. so good. Oh yeah, he was yeah. so good. We're back in therapy, I'm so sorry. I was sorry. gonna say, yeah. <laughs> doing all you can to take to, to drag to drag Dane back to that. Um actually talking of father figures, you mentioned them earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Was it interesting? Yeah, and uh, we kind of the the father figure within Arsenal is Mister Mister Wenger, Arsene Wenger. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a slightly different side to Wenger in this. I, I was wondering what you thought, what you thought, how he thought he came across Dane, because on page three hundred seven, there's a bit where he goes mad and he whacks some chewing gum over <laughs> in the change rooms. <laughs> Do you remember that bit where he's like, you don't usually see Wenger <laughs> angry. You usually hear, think of him so composed. But there's a bit where he goes. It was after they played Liverpool. Um, he someone stunk the place out for 45 minutes he was throwing stuff and kicking other things and there was a lot of swearing I didn't want to catch his eye none of the players did so we all had our heads down I kept sneaking the odd glance just to keep a check on where he was at one point he grabbed a load of sticks of chewing gum and was chucking them everywhere I saw Pat Rice's assistant sit down while the boss was swearing at the defence and having a go at them about how they had dropped off too much uh, yeah that individually that, I, 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 I just don't ever see that side to, to Wenger I mean the, the chewing gum Wenger thing Wenger was um part of that progressive wave doesn't he so the that was when the teacups being kicked around was phased out uh, I interesting. Think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. in the same way he revolutionized uh, yeah how yeah. will you communicate as a back line if your breath stinks take these <laughs> chewing gum sticks and distribute them <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course you're not linking up all of you have halitosis in here it's disgusting <laughs> All testament to his genius, as well as him yeah. improving nutrition, but just improving grooming art overall. people with fresher breath. You're giving them too much Wrigley's room. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine us making that pun and then <laughs> yeah. like, and like, and being like, like huh? it, was best, "It was the best speech I heard." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, being, and then being like, "Don't you dare laugh at that excellent pun." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't you fucking dare! <laughs> but yeah, I, I, is it just me? I never really—I don't think I've ever no. s- heard of him being angry in any of the books well, that we've read. We've read quite a few Arsenal ones. I think I think there's a so there's a sort of like a, there's the image of Wenger being like you know the professor and being like able to to communicate and able to sort of like revolutionize things and see things in a very calm and controlled way. But I think in the later the the pre-var and and like uh the the late 2010s or so not late 2010s late 2000s there's mm. a kind of like wenger getting very frustrated with the whole situation that he finds himself in mm-hmm. which is constantly not able to challenge these teams and and always falling away and not quite 
winning the league. And the bit where he kicks, there's a famous thing of him kicking the water bottle and then oh, he gets yeah. sent to the stands. So like he, he definitely has an, he has an angry side, certainly. True. Um, I mean, like, it, but yeah, like it is weird because you don't really usually see it. And I think what's interesting is Theo is, Theo seems to waft through this book in a weird way. Like he kind of like, it's like a so lot- true. It's like, it's almost like he, he's, he's definitely obviously looking back in reflection, but I think mm. it's because of the inception of Theo Walcott's career basically involves him playing like, uh, you know, for one for one amateur team in Berkshire and then basically yeah. getting bumped up straight away into yes. like Southampton. So I think it's because his, his trajectory appeared to be, obviously I wouldn't say it's easy, but it seemed to be so quick, I guess part of the, uh, the rigors of trying to make it as a footballer, he almost seemed to bypass that because he was picked yeah. up so early and so young. That's a really I think that definitely point. affects the show. That's a really I, good like because sorry, I was, just, I was just gonna say it's like uh, every other book we've read, they've all been so all the players have been so desperate. Like from the minute I was born, I was kicking a ball and I knew I had to yeah. make it. I wanted to. Walcott just like turns up to a kids' game, not even meant to be playing. His mates playing. Yeah, immediately scores a hat trick. <laughs> seems to get scouted. Yeah, and then he's a footballer. Can you, can, you, can, you, can you imagine that drive to McDonald's when they were both going home in, yeah, the, yeah. in his friend's mom's car? No, I thought you had a good. You did, you did really well, Billy. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> so it's before that day. <laughs> yeah. it is, I mean, you forget because he got called up to this. The season he got called up to the World Cup. Yeah. At the start of it, he was a substitute for Southampton. He had never played a professional game of football before that moment. Before That's what, bonkers. Before what moment? Before he got before he got called up. It, so before in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, that season he was a substitute. His first, the first Southampton game, he was on the bench. Yeah. Uh, that was his first moment. He was part of a match team. Yeah. Like part of a match squad. At the end of that season, oh, he gets called mean. up for a yeah, World yeah, Cup. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. So like other people like he had they a good play season. He had a decent games. season for Southampton. He had a decent yeah, season, yeah, yeah. but he 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 had not played a full game of football yeah, yeah. at the start of that season. And at yes. the end of that season, he gets caught to World Cup. That is bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more, especially at that age. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, it is it is it is unbelievable. It, it yeah, and and I and I do because there's a sort of like there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of politics and everything. He is a bit of a pawn in all, all of these things. Like, you know, he's a pawn at Southampton where he's between Harry Redknapp and Clive Woodward. And there's a bit where, like, Clive Woodward is begging him to stay at the club. And Theo Walcott just says, It was fun. He was begging me to stay at the club. The pasta was very good that day. So you're sort of like, he, <laughs> <laughs> he has no sort of understanding of the wider world around him. And I think similarly with, like, like Wenger could have been, like, you know, stuck in these, like, player power battles that he has no idea about but walcott doesn't know because mm. he's just a, he's just a kid and he's just kind of like he's sort of like burst in and he's like hello i'm good at football do you want me to play for you i actually, yeah. I actually wanted to play for liverpool but then yeah. i was signed to arsenal and that was fine too uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many points where like i can imagine someone who's a football fan um Football dreams didn't pan out in the same way. Would have thrown this book across the room yeah, several yeah. times. Like, then I bought my girlfriend a Ferrari. Yeah. She was happy. That's just for sure. <laughs> this, this is a reference that uh, Dane. Uh, thankfully, you won't for you. You won't get uh, because you haven't had to read these books, as far as we know. Uh, but it, it could almost be a Gary Lineker's favorite football stories. It's like a kid who's like, <laughs> like it's like a short story about a boy who's just like one day woke up and he's a professional footballer and now he's living the dream. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. But, yeah. like, a, like a children's book kind of playing out. And, uh, yeah. Like a, it's, also, um, complete aside, by the way, is this the first time Adolf Hitler's been mentioned in a book we've read? 
I think I, it is. I, I hope so. <laughs> I think we've had Saddam Hussein before. I don't think we've had Adolf Hitler. You're right. We've had Saddam Hussein, definitely. That might, um, we might, I might save that for our Out of Context segment. The actual reason. But, uh, some, some context it's has been so given. funny. It, it is really funny. I, I think, I'm, sure, I'm sure someone's mentioned Hitler in the past. I'm sure. You read Letizia's book. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I, might, I might cut that line, don't I? <laughs> oh, surely not. Um, yeah, uh, well, actually, you know what? Let's do the out of context segment now. Let's do the out of context now. We're coming to the break anyway. Uh, has anyone got a line uh, they particularly enjoyed in the book uh, that they would like to read? Uh, yes, I've got one. We were shown around the dressing rooms too, something I found terrifying. When we went into Chelsea's dressing area, the first thing I saw was Gianfranco Zola's bare backside as he reached for a towel. <laughs> It's, it's the fact that he finds it terrifying. <laughs> no, no, not the backside, please. I, I signed immediately. <laughs> uh, that, very good one. Very good. Uh, anyone else got a uh, got a little? Uh, uh, I think keep, keeping with the uh, trend of of nostalgia for for fascism. Okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a quote, is a, the Frankenstadion is next to the ruins of the parade grounds where Adolf Hitler staged his huge Nazi rallies in the 1930s. <laughs> but we didn't see any of that. <laughs> the, the second bit of that line is the best bit. <laughs> I, was like, I agree. Did you see any Nazi rallies? No, 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 we didn't see any. No. no I guess they weren't doing them that day. <laughs> it was 76 years too late. <laughs> Exactly. But as a thing, that that innocence is uh, obviously. I guess people would always conflate that with the uh, you know lack of intellect that some footballers have. But me, I think this just speaks to like the somewhat level of innocence that Theo Walcott it, has. It is and definitely took, innocent. Yeah. It, it feels very innocent the whole book, and I think that's part yeah. of it. It is because actually, I think yeah. Walcott seems a pretty smart guy. Actually, whenever you hear him, yeah. he, he, he is. He yeah. is a, and he also, he's. He's 22 and he's, you know, yeah. and he's writing this book. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. He's, he's got, yeah, he's got his head screwed on. I, I, I think we, I, I, I actually definitely romanticize the idea that we live in a world where people are like, and here's where Hitler stages rallies and kids would be like, is he going to be here today? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the world I want to live in where people don't even. The, the Nazism and fascism yeah. is so far from the from the yeah. minds of people that they're like speaking about Nazis in the same way they would about going to like an enclosure at a zoo and be like, "Will there be any? Will there be any gorillas? <laughs> <laughs> not likely. <laughs> not here. At, not here at Euro Disney. No. <laughs> and I was going to say fingers crossed, but yeah. <laughs> not today. I'm afraid, kids. <laughs> Uh, jo- Joseph Goebbels is very tired in this enclosure. Coming out, they're going to feel his ass. Oh my god, they're going to feed ass. <laughs> J- James, uh, out of context for you. Oh uh, yeah, got one. Um, I'm happy to admit I was more scared, but she screamed more. It's just that hers were happy screams. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> weird, weird that, that, is, that is an iconic moment that I yeah, really hope we talk weird. about later. Okay. <laughs> it's very which is, funny. Which is very, very, a lot more innocent than anyone who's hearing yeah, that. Yeah, very. Yes. Thinks it is. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, I, I think that even even again, like Theo Walcott's uh, long term relationship with his partner Mel, I consider to be very wholesome when you consider the uh, culture within football. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, while you know, I think people will look at these books for a certain level of voyeurism about what happens off pitch. I think that uh, the fact that there are footballers that Theo Walcott exist again, I have to say, definitely a good inspiration to young people yeah, in particular. Definitely, um, yeah, just just okay. a regular guy. It gives definitely some kind of Paul Scholes vibes. Without the uh, the the strange thing that Paul Scholes did with his feet. Anyway, yeah. Uh, apart from the, apart, <laughs> apart from the thing with the feet, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the that's the. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, I've I've, yeah. I've got one last out of context line, and that is, it was great to be out there playing and getting booted around by Gary Neville. So there we go. That's, uh, <laughs> that's my line. Uh, it's now time for a break, but we'll have more from Theo when we return as we talk early days at Southampton getting into a scrape with Dennis Wise and Theo put some underpants on his head. Hello, James here, and we at Football Book Club want you. That's right, you, to join something special, something exclusive. We want you to join the Football Book Club Club. The Football Book Club Club is the home of even more Football Book Club action. And now it's cheaper than ever to become a full member at just £3.50 a month. There's three tiers. By signing up to our Bookworm tier, you get an exclusive members-only episode of Football Book Club every fortnight, filling the gap between regular episodes with more book club fun and, frankly, a frighteningly deeper analysis of whatever book we're reading the episode. Plus, you get access to all the bonus episodes recorded so far. There's over 20 of them on there. Well, 20. And, most excitingly, you'll get your hands on a special edition money-can't-buy bookmark you can put inside your personal copy of Darren Huckabee's Hucks. All that for just £3.50 a month. For context, that's a tenth of the cost of a cameo message from Ian Dowie. And a cameo is what, 30 seconds? For that price, you get 10 episodes. That's three and a half hours of content. I dread to think what you have to pay to get three and a half hours of content from Ian Dowie. You'd have to remortgage your house. But I digress. And if that's still not right for you, if you really love the show, you can join the Super Bookworm tier. And if you like the show but don't want to pay that much, you can support the show for just £1 a month on the Casual Reader tier. You won't get the bonus episodes, but yes, you will get that bookmark. Head to patreon.com forward slash football book club for more details. So if you enjoy the show, please consider joining up. It really does help us to keep making the show because books don't grow on trees. They are trees, kind of. And trees are expensive. But the Football Book Club Club isn't. So join today at patreon.com forward slash football book club or by following the link in the episode notes. See you back at the clubhouse. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to Football Book Club, where we are still reading Theo Walcott's Growing Up Fast. Are you still glad you chose the book, Dane? (laughs) (laughs) I am uh, still glad I chose the book. I think that uh, Theo Walcott is probably the best person to diplomatically explain that journey throughout Arsenal during a very difficult period. um, Because, you know... I'm not prepared to hear it from Nicholas Bentler. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about him. I could have offered that to you. Because I offered you a few. I, I, I should have offered Bentler. I forgot. But I offered you... Uh, I, 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 feel, I, feel like, I feel like I know how it would go. They all sucked, but I was the best. Yeah. And I mean the whole Prem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think right At some point, I realized there needed to be a new league for me. Yeah. So, the Bentler League. That's what I thought the Super the League was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, because I offered you that. I think I offered you this Murtasaka's book and uh, uh, Lehman. And, you know, in keeping with the show, I thought you'd had a problem with Germans. That's why you chose uh, Walcott's book. Yeah. It's Germans and Danes. It's Germans and Danes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty cool with the Germans. I, I'm not sure. I think I, think I would have just found uh, that. Per Mursaka uh, book, maybe somewhat triggering because it did come off, off after that eight-two yeah, defeat. Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, but no, there definitely been a lot of conversations the, about that. Yeah, yeah, loved the guy. Not the paciest player, but oh. um, no, he did he did a good job for the duration. But um, I think it was, uh, I was actually quite interested just to hear about Theo's journey. But I hadn't realised that he basically was thrust into like professional football like almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was very it was a very interesting to find out if there was maybe a dark horse that. Uh, was beneath uh, this very stoic, I suppose, aesthetic that he offered to the rest of the game. But I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's just what you think. I I do. He's sort of unique, though, isn't he? In the sense that, like, as James says, his defining moment is really not something to do with him, which is it's Mm. him being plucked out of obscurity, not even obscurity, being plucked out of, like, nothing to play, to not play in a World Cup. And then he has to sort of like pick up the pieces of that career afterwards. And he does really well at doing that. But I don't think there's anyone, there's no one really comparable, no, I'd say, I, I, in football. Yeah, I agree where there's a moment that really, I mean, I mean mm. there's quite a few of them, always, most books we do always have that kind of moment that you remember them for. Like, I don't know, we haven't read a Beckham book, but I'm guessing it would probably start with the kick out of Simeone or whatever, or those, yeah. those kind of, yeah. there's always like a defining moment that, but yeah, his one is particularly unusual. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if we've had anyone who because maybe Pennant, maybe Pennant, maybe. But I think, but I think even even Pennant was kind of remembered for. I can't remember. But even Pennant had a sort of like uh, this was the low point of my career, and then I built it up. Whereas yeah, like, yeah, Walcott's, yeah, 
Walcott's is a high. like low point is both his high and yeah. his low. So it's a yeah. very hard. I I can imagine like I would if it were me, I would properly go off the rails afterwards. I think because I'd just mm. be very confused yeah. about what was what I could trust. Yeah, but I think I think that but that, that might even inform the, the overall overall tone of the book in that mm. like what should be like. Uh, you know, trough points of his life, you know, because of the situations that they're based on, mm-hmm. they are still pretty advantageous to your average player. That it's like, that's true. Well, I didn't get an England cap this time round, mm-hmm. but you know, he's a uh, he, he, he never yeah, played a cup for England, yeah, if you think true. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. It is. And uh, Defoe, who he got the place of, did that he scored in the 2010 yeah. World Cup, I think, didn't he? he that did is mad that, that he got in the team in, fr- in front of Defoe. <laughs> It's not like it was like a, a nobody striker. It was Jermaine Defoe, who was a brilliant player. Like yeah, yeah, England had lots yeah. of really good strikers. Yeah, Darren, That's what Darren doesn't make sense. A brilliant season as well that year, I think, didn't he? And, and very unlucky. And also, like it, it, Rooney was injured. It's so it yeah, is so yeah. weird when you think about it. It is. It's it's not even like oh, we have the the perfect strike force who are going to be fine. So there's no point in having a backup that mm-hmm. you don't need to worry about backup. We had injured players. Yeah. We were bringing injured players, and the backup for the injured player was. A child, yeah. so bizarre. Oh, but but also not his fault. Just, where yeah. where was Andy Johnson's call up? Where was Andy Johnson's? Call it, up? I was legitimately <laughs> wondering that. <Yeah. laughs> he, Andy Johnson actually played a surprising amount of times for him. I think he played about eight times or so. Never scored. Yeah, mm. anyway, that's a little. Anyway, we're reading Theo Walcott's book, Jack. Move us on. Oh yeah, I I mean I'm I'm really fascinated by. I think it's sort of a similar thing to Dane in the sense of I'm really fascinated by his family and how his family keep him sort of grounded and particularly his relationship relationship with mel his mm. relationship with mel his his um his long-term girlfriend who is stuck with him i think is still with him now yeah i don't I so. know i haven't checked that yeah, yeah. like he, he, it very grounding and very like because uh, we obviously did colleen rooney's book uh a few a few weeks back and and the bizarre thing about colleen being like in a similar situation to Mel, which is like the the teenage the very 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 young girlfriend of an potential England superstar it seems like a strange thing where it starts with like when theo gets his call up um all the paparazzi are out there looking for pictures of him and mel together and there's a bizarre bit where like a paparazzi is sort of saying like uh you know there's good money on offer if you find the first picture of wayne his girlfriend which again she's a child they're both Mm. children it's so fucking weird Mm -hmm. the fact that that they then end up having a um a very stable and very good and very it seems very pure relationship together it's really sweet it's really lovely yeah, uh, yeah, and agree. and it it it's great i mean theo is mad and there are several bits in this book where he <laughs> <laughs> where he is very like i think as all all kids are i suppose but like there's just there are so many bits that are um where you're kind of like, I'm really glad he's got Mel in his life because he is a he's a strange little boy when it comes down to it. Um, <laughs> there is there is a bit where where Theo uh, maps out his life. Oh um, my god! Is I would say is one of the funniest things that has ever been put onto a book for football book club. I agree. It is a it is a big diagram where he maps out his life, and it's in the picture section, and it's him saying basically like um, what he wants to do. We should take a photo of it. It's it's stuff like um, he plays football for uh, Newbury, scores seventy seven goals, then goes to Southampton Academy, uh, have a baby, get engaged with my wife, and then move into my mansion. At some point, though, <laughs> that <laughs> that wife dies. <laughs> yeah. 
and he gets a what? new wife, and he's and he says wives die every day. Wives <laughs> die every day. So and he sort of says like, oh, she she dies. We don't get divorced. It's really sad that she dies, but I find someone else, and it's okay. And then she, and then another wife, like my wife dies, then later again, and then I'm alone and old and sad. But I played for Liverpool by this point, and I've won loads of trophies, so it's okay. I have ten years of being sad between the age of eighty five and ninety five. Then I die, and I get um I get buried next to my wives plural so bizarre it is super weird yeah it's Theo like- is such a normal he seems like such a normal guy and then midway through he's like well obviously my wife will die i guess <laughs> tragically young and i'll be sad about it I, I imagine his teacher like sitting next to him while he's drawing this diagram like all, he, all he's meant to be doing is like visualizing how he's gonna get like through a bit of his life like, like you don't have to like, probably gonna, like Theo, you don't have to specify all these things so much they're so they're, like at one point he says like everything's got a weird caveat to it. Like he goes, so after he retires from football, he says his next step will be go abroad to Jamaica. And then the next yep. bit is get a house in Jamaica, but it's a small bungalow. Because <laughs> <laughs> also at this point, Theo has been the most successful footballer ever in his brain, and he's like, "We'll go to Jamaica, and I'll get a small bungalow." Sadly, like, and prices also- are incredibly expensive over there. It's going to. There's no way I'll be able to afford more than a bungalow. I feel like I feel like a lot of his things are informed by maybe stories he's heard from other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Like, That's yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll work. I'll slot it in. So whenever there's the gaps between football, he's like, "Oh, well, what's that? What's happen here and he's overheard someone go and then got, their wife died and he's like yeah that sounds like what human yeah that sounds like it happens to humans i put that in there yep, that's, good. Know, that's for me yeah, my favorite my other favorite bit that i forgot is that he says at because it's set it's split into birth old life death yeah and at old life afterwards he writes old boring life at 40 years old oh jeez, <laughs> very funny that. and and then immediately <laughs> afterwards he says retirement from, from football but manage liverpool fc and win trophies like it's yeah. just a thing that you would i have a go at, live, uh, at managing yeah. Liverpool FC. Why not? Exactly. And then I can see, I can see it. That's his. That's his life. It's like I want to say it's sheltered, but you know, it's definitely within the context that you go from being a schoolboy football player to becoming a professional footballer. Yeah. Of course, these things seem so much more achievable for you. Yeah. And then you become a like, manager and then like, that's just like, that's like a point on your career. You're like, I become a manager and we won the league 70 times. Yeah. And yes, sure. It's not. You know, if, if my wife was still around, she'd be really proud <laughs> yeah. of it. <laughs> so, but also after he buys his small bungalow, the yeah. next thing he says is, win the lottery yeah yeah <laughs> and everything i want as an old man theo you've already been a phenomenally successful footballer you've already uh become a phenomenally successful manager you've, you've had a wonderful wife who's died you've remarried and now you want to win the lottery yeah. i mean come on yeah so saying for someone else theo it is it is baffling but um, yeah, it, oh, the ending so where it says uh, after eighty says wife dies at the age of eighty five, then it goes. It just says between eighty five and ninety five, sad life at the age of eighty five, ninety five. <laughs> then dot dot dot, I die. That's I get to have a wife, a grave next to my wife. Yes, it so works out in things the end. are looking up for Theo. <laughs> it is it is super weird. And it sort of speaks to it, it, Dane's right. It's that kind of thing of like he's kind of mapping out how his life should go mm-hmm. in like sort of like taking from different places and i think then the fact that his life has kind of it hasn't been perfect at all his life has not been perfect but it just sort of it then feels like he sort of has these ambitions and it's like and then i played for england and then i won and then i played for arsenal and it was pretty good and then i went on celebrity mr and mrs oh with uh, me and my partner and we had a really nice time and robin and- Gibb from the bgs and steve back <laughs> i think <Jackman> player. <laughs> yeah 
it yeah, does seem probably. like a bizarre sort of like wish fulfillment thing where Theo's where all of Theo's ambitions just come true, I, which is really sweet. I think he, he wrote this age like fourteen or so, right? That diagram. I think yeah. he would have done exactly the same diagram age twenty two when he wrote this. Book. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and, and now, absolutely. And now, absolutely. just substitute just out Liverpool for Arsenal, absolutely. and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do it Arsenal instead." That's I fine. mean, I don't, I don't know if he'd even do that. He might just be like, you know, there's still time maybe for me to go on loan. I think the main adjustment would be like grow grow beard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, grow that's beard, much it. receding hairline. That's yeah, it. Fa- some facial hair, and yeah, I think I think that would be the, the, ma- the major change. Uh, uh, it's um, <laughs> it's it's I think it's, it's very endearing. Like it's it's very sweet, and I, I think, think she's that, fourteen when he wrote that. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it could be a bit Not younger to be honest. Yeah, but. the di- the, the diagram, diagram I think is a little bit younger to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say like two years before he's in the World Cup squad. Imagine if they found that. <laughs> I think he would. Yeah, let's spit out their pot noodles. (laughs) I guess I think it'd be okay. It'd be harder to pitch a book (laughs) without without a writer to help you. But um, at the same time, it could very possibly be that, like you know, they were like, and so Theo, just tell us about this book. What you plan to do? Or people like, are you planning on writing a sequel to this book? Because it has to be a bit more exciting than the first Theo. So he was like, okay, cool. Two wives. <laughs> uh, two wives. Hopefully, die. one dies. Let's yeah. find out. They, they they die, but it has to be a bit more confident than that, Theo. When I'm old, I'm sad. <laughs> small bungalow. Yes, yeah, yeah, a small bungalow. bungalow. Uh, did I tell you it's in the Caribbean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Him on Mr. Celebrity Mr. and Mrs. is incredibly sweet. Yes. And it's yeah. worth saying he spends about three pages talking about this. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like the only other thing that happened in his life ever. That's the only. But like, he, <laughs> entire seasons at Southampton are, are have less time. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> then then what is effectively twenty minutes on ITV. Like in, yeah. in I, don't, I don't mind. See, this is a good thing because like so many other football books will will just do that. We'll recap every yeah. season, season by season, match by match. Whereas he's he's focusing on the things I really care about, like that. And the time he upset Beverly Knight because he's like doing a hate crime towards Andre Arshman in the toilet and calling him the meerkat. Yeah. <laughs> At his birthday party, and then uh, Beverly Knight misses the misses the sh- misses uh, her start time or something. Bizarre. It, it- it's just it's just amazing because the, the amount of detail he goes into, each paragraph is a different question they asked him on Mr. Celebrity Mr. and Mrs. To the point that he ends the bit by saying, like, so we got one out of three. We did pretty well there. <laughs> like, it's just it's just <laughs> amazing. Um the 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 bit that is really sweet is when um Who screamed more on the roller coaster at Thorpe Park? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which he goes into so much detail he goes into so much detail as to explaining why they got that question wrong because apparently mel said that she screamed more so mel said that he screamed more and theo said that she screamed more and he has to sort of go like yeah no 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 she did scream more but as as james balch has already said they were happy screams i was doing sad screams she was doing happy screams <laughs> so that that's where it came from really like it's it's like he's like someone's sort of like doing an interrogation on him <laughs> yeah it's his, it's his version of dealing with adversity off of the pitch basically i feel like that's probably one of the biggest things he kind of dealt with is uh you know people not believing like in the uh volume of the screens yeah but again again, again when you consider their relationship which has been you know not has, has not been tested and i think done through their own uh mature way of dealing with the press i think that again it's created a very nice bubble of disassociation for their romance where it can be like right. now 
what are you like? Anyway, <laughs> let's go Ferrari shopping. Yeah. <laughs> which is a, a rarity for most people bit, to kind of deal with. So, Like early on when she is 16, he's like, Victoria Beckham took her uh, jean shopping and no one had ever done that before. They were very expensive jeans. Anyway, back to Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you, you, if you're meeting as teenagers and a guy's like, I'm a professional footballer, like the odds are a lot of the time that guy as a teenager is going to go on to become like a car salesman. Yeah. And so... <laughs> For most, for someone to like meet someone as a teenager and be like, I'm going to be a professional footballer who then goes from Southampton to playing for Arsenal at like the height of their success. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I think they probably both, even though they seem kind of green, they remain very grounded. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. That Mr. and Mrs. is probably one of the biggest tests for their relationship. (laughs) We didn't know the exact answers. (laughs) Like, guys, I know you want to hear all about the scandal, the big scandal of my career, the Mr. and Mrs. Thorpe Park fiasco. (laughs) I didn't know if I could trust her again, but we had to work on rebuilding that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, bless them. Bless those two. Very sweet. Lovely kids. James, I know there's uh, there's a, there's a, there's another side to Theo that uh, you were interested by. Yeah, obviously, as we've said, he's such an innocent little guy, and uh, he talked a little bit about shenanigans and pranks that he'd get up to, and they're mm. just so tame. They're like <laughs> yeah. the most tame pranks, pranks you've ever heard in your life. So the first time I mentioned that he talks about pillow fights, which is very like teenage girl slumber party, isn't it? Extremely. Not that I've been to one, but it feels like it. Feels like it is. That was very then, much like um, you were the Thorpe Parkinson. Not that I've been to one. Happy screams. They pranked They pranked the woman who I think I think it's the woman called Julia who when they were staying, it was like Diggs, isn't it? Like you, Yes, Diggs, it was Diggs, yeah, yeah. So they pranked her. Such It's just like such a tame prank. They rang up saying, I think they'd been into London, hadn't they? Yes. And they yeah. were supposed to be getting the train back they're like oh we've missed our train we're not going to be back till about midnight and then they were just like only kidding we're here it's so funny because it ends with her with, with theo being like she was not happy you're like yeah for literally 30 seconds it's like high five like we really got her there like that is yeah. a terrible prank yeah, theo walcott's uh sense of humor in terms of pranking is kind of like when a toddler tries to scare you they jump out and go daddy yeah and you go oh no <laughs> i got you daddy you sure did baby yeah <laughs> so you sure did pumpkin my goodness well, one's going in the autobiography <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. if we ever if we ever get through this <laughs> and then, if we survive uh, this caper oh i'm gonna put it in the autobiography <laughs> And his uh, creme de la creme of pranks, his his uh, prank of all pranks was when he used to call himself the underwear bandit. So he'd put, <laughs> he'd put pants on his head and run around, run around calling himself the underwear bandit hitting people with towels. <laughs> and that's his version of a great prank. But what I liked more than that was the fact that years later, Jake Thompson of Torquay United <laughs> reminded him of it. Oh, like, yeah. The underwear bandit made a real impression on Jake Thompson of Torquay United. <laughs> <laughs> he still thinks about this thing. Do, do like you years think later, he's talking like see you mate you're busy like actually i'm i'm getting ready for a champions league game it's like oh i was just thinking about the underwear bandit do you remember that not, not really so weird like such think... an inane thing isn't it to remember yeah it was in digs think... it was, it, that was also in his digs at southampton right that was yeah, digs, yeah. Yeah. yeah do you think jake thompson was like did we ever find out who the underwear bandit was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that mysterious masked man <laughs> And he was like, "I'll never tell." <laughs> the whole innocent side of it. All I know is, 
He was fast. He <laughs> <laughs> was what the press would describe as a speedster. <laughs> 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 it was. Oh, you, stick your, you stick your underwear in his face. He take off running. Your underwear's back in your bed, dry as a bone. <laughs> also, I question the idea of if you're called the underwear bandit. He doesn't steal underwear. He just hits you with a towel. That's yeah. not. You should be called like towel hitter. Yeah, it's some kind of like laundry lampooner kind of thing. No, that's <laughs> laundry <laughs> lampooner. That's good. Yeah, I don't know why he, he limits himself. We should message Theo now that he's got lots of time and say, we've been workshopping your superhero, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we've got some new names. And then, and then next podcast, I'm like, Jack, what the fuck is wrong with your face? And you're like, uh, towel incident. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. That should be our photo for the the episode. We should all have, we should all put underwear. We should all put pants on our head. There's a hundred percent of which. But footballers are truly children. Uh, as we've, I mean, Theo the, the is literally a child in this book. But mm-hmm. we mentioned before how footballers behave like children. But this one, uh, when he gets injured, is really. This is like a, he has a really bad injury at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the relief. It's this like a moment of relief. It's like oh, I can finally do whatever I want. Uh, he's lying on the hospital bed, uh, and Gary Lewin, the England physio, said I could do whatever I wanted. I had a burger and chips and some rice pudding. I watched the Terminator on my laptop and went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made a note next to that line saying that um, this is the moment I knew me and Theo were kindred spirits. I've, yeah. I've never felt more. That's exactly what you would do as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. That's my yeah, guy. Absolutely. I mean, like, he's got the Terminator ready on his laptop. Like, whatever's going to Gary happen. Lewin is like a sort of a, a guardian angel who also is like saying, like, you can do whatever you want now, Theo. You're free. You can do literally anything you want in the world. What do you want to do? I want to have a burger and chips, rice pudding. And watch <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll you can do that. You're being big and scary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some jam with your rice pudding? I'm a footballer, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's too extreme. I don't like it. Let's relax ourselves, okay? I've, I'm still coming back from injury, honestly. <laughs> It is a he's, a he's a he's a strange guy. He's a strange guy, and but there and, is an exciting side to him, though. He was I I really liked was that he was mates with Matt Lucas, and they went to see Alice in oh, Wonderland yes. together. That yeah, was that odd. Like, you know, that was odd. Celebrity side. His two his two celebrity friends, Matt Lucas and Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees. <laughs> 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 yeah. <a> strange guy. <laughs> Much to the dismay of Beverly Knight. Yes, yeah, Beverly Knight is enemy. <laughs> Beverly Knight is truly who, enemy. Yeah. who does not does not like it when you bring him up. So no. don't do it. Okay, sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. Trust me. Uh, yeah. And when he writes his next book, we'll get Beverly on the show to read it with us. Absolutely furious. Yeah, to get the yeah. other side. Very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to hear the book from her. I'd like to hear it from her perspective in her book, actually. Yes. Yeah. Because I think. Uh, I wonder if Beverly like, has yeah, a yeah. I can walk up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see if Beverly Knight has a but, book. Let's see what she got a book. Uh, There's absolutely no way that Beverly Knight has a book that mentions Theo Walcott in it. Let's let, <laughs> that's true. let's not buy Beverly Knight. She has book. an album called The Fifth Chapter. Mm. And this happens in the fifth chapter of Theo Walcott's book. That's, that's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. I think not. I agree. Um, but yeah, um, you're kind of right about um, the anticlimaticness because when this book ends, it's all about him kind of trying to get back into the English squad and trying to prove himself as an England player, which he does to an extent. But yeah. it kind of ends with uh, him not getting in the next World Cup squad. And that's the end of the book. Uh, that oh, that's is, pretty uh, much. It's, 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 it's a bit sad. 
going on there. Um, but I, I, you know, in general, it was an enjoyable book, uh, and we got to meet the underwear bandit, so that's good. Um, did this? <laughs> did this book change you? What do you think, Dane? Changed you? Uh, I don't think it changed me. I, I unless I, I, I think it, it, it really brought up some uh, feelings that I hadn't experienced for a while regarding <laughs> Arsenal's performances across seasons. And once again, uh, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I just feel like he, uh, he, he seemed to kind of play down what I believe was a large responsibility for the players. Um, you know, this I'm, I'm not here for, I'm not here for pro Emmanuel Abue narratives. Look, well, the- now, now, I, now I am. I understand, and and you know, he didn't seem like a great guy, but at the time, I did not need anyone defending him. Right, and uh, yeah, way too little criticism of Nicholas Bentner. <laughs> <laughs> I do think there should have been a personal apology to you in this book or to yeah. all Arsenal fans yeah. in this book. Really. Yeah. That, From Nicholas Bentner in Theo's book. Just popped up to say sorry about everything. Bye. Yeah. What are you giving out of 10, Dane? Um, as a autobiography, I think I'd probably give it a uh, six. Okay. I think, yeah. But I think as a football autobiography, I think that it's probably. Uh, it's probably good. I'll, I'll give it a seven, oh. which doesn't seem like a massive leap, but I think okay. I'll give it a seven because I think that uh, there is a large uh, reading demographic of young men and women who would definitely benefit from hearing uh, his story. I think it's a very nice story, which kind of does continue to romanticise the uh, culture of football and the dreams of many kids to be involved as football players. And I think he, you know, as much as we jest and I call him boring, I think he does set a very good example. Hmm. Um, in both his personal life and basically how he conducted himself throughout his career. Um, and I think, yeah, he, he's definitely, he doesn't seem to have any resentment about his, uh, any interactions that he's had or any adversity that he's had within the game. Mm-hmm. And I think considering how young he was and as we're all aware of like how the tabloids can attack somebody, especially within the context of receiving an England cap, I think he took it very well and all in his stride. And um, yeah, definitely gave me very positive ideas about how resolute he is or mm. resilient he is as a player. It'd be interesting. So. It'd be interesting to read a book now. See, now he's retired. See how you know yeah. a, a bit more of a uh, balanced reflection and everything. But I think it would. I, I think it'd be largely similar. I, he seems pretty. I think it would be largely similar. Yeah. He's, he's quite. He's quite. I. I would agree with that. Actually, I think yeah. he's a very. Um, he seems like a very level-headed guy who, I mean, it'd be so easy to be the like very bitter about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it'd be incredibly easy to be better about it. But I think he, you know, the fact that he never played in a world cup and he, you know, but, but then went on to have a very successful career. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he, he seems like a, a good bloke. Good bloke. What do you give him bloke? Score wise, Jack. I'll give him an eight to be honest. I really eight. enjoyed this okay. book. That's I thought, I thought it, there were a lot of horrible Arsenal moments, and though I think there were a lot of very funny moments that were accidental. But uh, yeah. yeah, go on. I, I really enjoyed I, it. Actually, it was I, really yeah, I, I'm going to give it a seven. I also enjoyed it. I enjoyed it much more than I thought it would. And also, I, I, I probably give it a six, but I'm giving it an extra point because of the lovely big text. I mean, you can fly oh, the lovely book. big text. Oh, what a great yeah. font! What a great font! It was huge. <laughs> like, you get through about a, a page every five seconds. It was brilliant. Um, it, was, uh, it was a lot of yeah, like another another page down, another page down. Yeah, Here we yeah. go. It was, oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's largely the process on this podcast. It's just like <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot. A lot of people look at, looking around, being like. He's not reading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Looking up at people like, I am actually. The font is very yeah. big. <laughs> <laughs> James, score out of 10? I really enjoyed it, actually. Okay. Uh, I think he's a lovely lad 
and got on with it, professional, stood his ground when he needed to, and I learned something, actually, from it. Oh. You know, I remember this bit. I learned something, a little bit of wisdom from Sir Clive Woodward, who said, you'll never miss a penalty if you think of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> And that will stay with me forever. <laughs> what? what? Oh, yeah. Was it because like, you have to imagine someone wearing a hat in the crowd behind the goal? You have a big hat. In the <laughs> yeah, <that was> it. <laughs> and you just don't take your eyes off the hat and you aim for the hat. It's like, what are you talking about? Is that how we did it for for, Cly- for uh, Johnny Wilkinson? Yeah, yeah maybe. That, it works for that. Yeah. It, it sort of works like for that because there's no goalkeeper. But if you're like staring very resolutely yeah. at the Stop imagining the keeper with a hat. <laughs> it's kicking it straight out of the time. I think in today's world, if you said that in a post-match interview, they would seek help for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wasn't it Felix Magat? I think it was the Fuller manager who talked about how he was helping, was it Hangerland when he got injured by giving him cheese? He mentioned Yeah, the cheese on his thigh. Yeah. And everyone was like, okay, well, Felix Magat certifiable. Let's. The end of his Premier League career, basically. That's all I needed to hear. Get him in a secure unit immediately. And the same happened with Woodward was never heard from again really in football, was yeah. it? So that very great. That was weird. That was a weird this book was great for reminding me of that bizarre time when Southampton had Harry Redknapp in charge and Clive Woodward also kind of in charge elsewhere. But so but, but Walcott was like, This is fun. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Went to, yeah be revolutionized football where they're like we're gonna rival Mourinho and Chelsea yes. by training with a tiny ball on a squash court. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is gonna work. Didn't work. Well, uh, what are you giving it, James? I'm giving it um, an eight. Eight. Okay. Well, yeah. There we go. So that's 30 in total. That means seven and a half. Yeah. 7.5. Yeah. 7.5. Not bad. Very yeah. good, Theo. That might be the best book we've done this series. Possibly. Okay, oh, maybe yeah. Rooney's one. Colleen's one might have got better. I can't remember. Yeah, but I think we, we mostly gave you that, that a high one because you weren't there. And we were oh, just having a nice time. Oh, cheers. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> yeah. um, I was having a nice time too. Anyway, uh, this week. Uh, oh, it's time for the quiz. Uh, this week, everybody, uh, you are all named after other people who appeared on All Star Mr. and Mrs. Uh, <laughs> Dane, you're Phil Tufnell. Jack, nice. Jack, you're Ice T, who madly Ooh, okay. was on an episode with Carol Smiley and David Platt once. Oh my God, okay. And uh, James, you're Barry from EastEnders. Okay? So <laughs> if you know the answer, shout out your, na- your new name. And, uh, Barry from EastEnders was that? Barry from EastEnders or Sean okay. Williamson you can go with okay. Um, okay question number one which Arsenal player loved to clatter Theo in training because he was a child uh, Sol Campbell what's your name Phil Tufnell yes uh, Sol Campbell correct <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so many names yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil Tufnell was clattering him it's, yeah. it's, it's a confusing game it's a confusing game um, <laughs> number two where did Theo and Melanie meet A outside Claire's accessory oh no sorry that's A means answer <laughs> <laughs> yes that, that is the answer <laughs> sorry oh, for me <laughs> well, well, well. A outside class accessories. B not outside class accessories. <laughs> C a third place that isn't class accessories. <laughs> One point to James. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the answer was outside class accessories and shopping centre in Southampton. Um, can you give me any of his four nicknames? Yes. Oh, uh, sorry from EastEnders. Yep. Um, sweet little boy. Yes, that was the one I thought would be hardest. But yeah, good work. <laughs> um, Lewis. Uh, yes, oh. yeah, that's two. Yep, yep, yep. 
Anyone else? Shout your names. Brazilian? Shout your names. Phil Tufnell. Yep. Phil Tufnell. Underwear Bandit. Sadly not, that one. That That is a good one. That was a good one. That was a self-made nickname. Ice-T, didn't he? Was it the Little Brazilian or something like that? Wasn't there a thing where they... I haven't got that in my notes. And it was one of those things I circled being like, that's wrong. Shouldn't do that. Yeah, no, I... I haven't, I haven't oh, put that in there. Sorry from EastEnders. Yep. T and TJ. Oh, very good, James. That's oh, a oh, yeah, boy. That was Just incredible. Into my mind. Yeah, but, yeah, Dad called him TJ. I'm not sure why. What's his middle name? Uh, I don't know, but I'm, yeah, probably James or Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's, yeah. he, um, and TJ was the name of the kid in his books, right? TJ and the... Yeah, yeah, oh, TJ yeah, and yeah, yeah. In his kids' books, yeah. I should, so I should have remembered that. Yeah, well, yeah, you cook. didn't. Uh, very good, James. Storm is the lead there. Um, number three, what '90s TV show themed pinball machine did the England players have in the games room at the 2006 World Cup? A. The Sopranos. Oh B. The X Files. C. Ground Force. Phil <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Tufnell. Yep. Yep. Uh, is it the uh, X Files? Nope. Not the X Files. Uh, I think it's going to give an open goal to someone else. Uh, <laughs> Ice tea. Yep. It's Ground Force, baby. Ground Force. Yeah. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't getting that. Uh, Jim, what, is, what is it? Um, I, I, the only uh, person who can answer now is still, from EastEnders. Uh, yeah, is it the Sopranos? Sopranos is correct. Yeah, it's yes. Sopranos. Um, and oh, finally, which two films did Theo and Mel watch on their first date? Oh, both from EastEnders. Oh, what yes. the hell? Wow. They watch. They watch Land of the Dead. Yes. And oh, I know it. It was a weird one. Uh, anyone else was it a remake? It was it a remake? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of a remake. Oh, I remember because I thought that was a strange it's an adaptation of a TV series. Hmm. <sighs> From the 70s. Phil really? Tufnell. Oh, yeah. Is it Starsky and Hutch? No, very close, though. Very close. I see. Oh, oh. Jukes Hazard. I see. Jukes Hazard. Uh, that is correct. No, that is no, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> which, you, which you would not make now. No, 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 probably not. Um, but, wow. Dane got one point, Jack got one point, and James Belgian got one, two, three, four, five, uh, four, six, six points. Oh thrashed. my god! Whoa! This is a repeat of the eight-two. Uh, James <laughs> running, running up and down a train later, and I'll be like, I'm gonna kick yeah. that kid out of this train. Told <laughs> you, you know, you know when 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 Man City battered Man United, I thought that kid. <laughs> <laughs> And every time now when Man United suffer, I, I think of him every single time. Ah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just turn yeah. up, turn yeah. up outside of his window. Anymore, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, wait, I'm waiting until the next time Arsenal soundly defeat Man United. We've beaten them, but when we yeah. really beat them, I'm going to yeah. find him and ruin his 21st birthday. It's not It's not my birthday. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Just like you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good to Jane, hear. You're going to be a great dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where was he? Well, his parents were terrible too. You should have sat down. <laughs> uh, you know what? I was going to reward you all with a dramatic reading, but I think time-wise, I'm going to save it for the uh, for the bonus chapter. So uh, we've got that saved for that. So that is all we've got time for this week. Um, th- we're back in a fortnight, though. If you can't wait that long, make sure you join the book club club on Patreon. Bookworm members of the club get a brand new episode uh, every other week where we chat even more about the book. It's three fifty to join. Uh, please do, or just support us for a quid. Head to patreon.com forward slash football book club. In the meantime, do get in touch with us on Twitter at footy book club, Instagram at football book club, 
sends your thoughts, uh, your, your your puns, your, your Ken Zong requests, anything you want to send us. Thank you very much, Dane. Uh, Thank you for having me. Pleasure. We, we've loved amazing. having you on. It's been great fun. Thank you so much for reading Theo Walcott's very long, uh, very large fonted book. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you, Thea Walcott, for writing the book, chronicling your amazing and nuanced journey through the wonderful world of professional football. We will make sure to pass <laughs> that message on to him. Somehow. And shout out, to, shout out to Theo's dad, because I don't want any smoke from him. So he's very involved. <laughs> Save <laughs> thank yourself. Thank you, sir. We're doing a great job. And uh, shout out to Mel as well and Theo's mom, who's remained relatively quiet and I think the, is a source of his stoicism. So, yeah. Very good to the whole to the whole Walcott family. Yeah, cheers <laughs> to you, the Walcotts. Um, anything you want to pl- anything anything you want to plug, Dane? Um, yes, uh, to those uh, who know, I'm. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Please do check out my podcast, Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. Absolutely. Uh, well, we've not had Theo Walcott on the show, but we have had Emil Heskey. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Emil Heskey's been on the podcast as well as Louis Saha. So uh, we've had a few few guys on the show um and then if anyone wants to check out some comedy as well i have a special called the chocolate chip which is currently on youtube right now so you can all check it out for free definitely or go and watch that i'm going to immediately go and listen to the emil heskey and louis saha episodes that mm. is huh. yeah oh, they like. great guys the they're very very nice guys very laid back louis saha is uh well he's had, he has had a baby as well but he is uh working on a new business venture called access stars uh which is like a um like an aggregate app for like footballers and the like and i guess people of the same similar echelon just to be able to get access to whether it's fashion holidays and everything mm-hmm. that uh, footballers are interested in so it's in real world and uh much of what emil heskey is just in charge of his dynasty because i think two of his kids play uh in academies yeah, at the moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think wow, so, nice that. Huh. yeah so that's uh very very nice guys and uh definitely worth listening to on the show Dem- oh yeah Ooh. check that out wow mm. that's yeah. not what i expect you to say louisa hars up to like making a compare the market for <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's doing his thing. He's this um, smart guy, very nice guy, very, very uh, big humanitarian. So, um, I, I, yeah, very, I generally very concerned about the world. No idea how to react to that. Great, well done, Louis Hart. Well done. He wrote his book. He yeah. wrote his book, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. 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 inside the box, right? Was that? Was yeah, yeah, it was, that was the book. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, go back and listen to that. Actually, you know what? Plastic. Here's the order for you guys. Listen. Go listen to Dane's episode with Louis Saha. Then go back and listen to our Football Book Club episode with Louis Saha as well. And uh, and then just enjoy your life. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, Jack Bernhardt, James Balgen, and Dane Baptiste. It was created and produced by James Bug. Thanks to Theo for writing the book. But where are they all now? Well, Theo retired from football in August 2023. He's since made his long-awaited return to primetime television by doing some punditry work, although yet to hear if he can afford a bungalow in Jamaica. Mel and Theo are still very much happily married, despite still occasionally arguing about who screams most at theme parks. No word yet on who Theo's second wife, age 85, will be, as predicted in the diagram. Clive Woodward lasted just over a year at Southampton before moving into punditry, where he regularly imagines a hat on the cameraman to remember where he should be looking. All-Star Mr. and Mrs. hasn't aired since 2017 and is feared gone forever, and the underwear bandit is still loose to this day. The music, Hills Behind, is the work of Silent Partner and is used on a Creative Commons 4.0 basis. We'll be back in a fortnight with yet another footballer's autobiography. Until then, bye-bye.
Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle for Dooch and Pete. Hello. We bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. I'm loving the premise of this podcast. I think this is what we all need to be talking about at the moment. Nobody can beat the Beckhams in terms of unions. No one in the world. Everything about the Beckhams is insane. This is the most fun we've ever had. (laughs) I feel like I'm literally 12 again. My mum calling me in for dinner and I'm being like, no. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the way they were. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.